It is July 23rd, 2021. Wrestling Inc. Smackdown on Fox. What is there to say? I'm Glenda Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanawa and NYC Demon Diva herself, Issa, who, if you have not yet, go to her Twitter feed. That's at NYC Demon Diva, <laughs> Diva with the one. And watch yep. her reaction video to that Roman promo tonight. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had to take a cold shower and smoke a cigarette after that before I joined you guys. <laughs> Something else. I think that's the best promo he's ever done. Oh, yeah, he's ready. He's ready for Cena this time around. That's a, this is a different mm -hmm. dude than 2017. I love that bar that he... Uh, Methinks Paul Heyman might have had something to do with working with Roman Reigns and delivering that, but it was perfect promo by Roman Reigns. Yeah. So good. I was a little nervous with the way the show started. I thought Cena was good. We're going to hop into it and go segment by segment, talk about it all. Uh, I was nervous how the show started, but that ending... Thought was fantastic and a lot of good stuff tonight in between. Uh, before we dive into the SmackDown, though, Alfred, what do we got in the news? Uh, a lot of news, as you would imagine, this week has just been crazy with all kinds of rumored returns and whatnot. And the latest is Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who is now reportedly set uh, for a WWE Survivor Series appearance. That is when the rumors suggest he's going to return this, according to Andrew Zarian of the Mat Men Podcast, who has broken uh, several stories in the past. Uh, Survivor Series hasn't yet been announced officially. I believe uh, they're planning for it to be in Barclays in Brooklyn, but that is not official yet. Uh, but word on the street is that The Rock will be back by November Survivor Series. Issa, are you excited? I'm very excited, yes, about, about it being in Barclays, especially, you know, if it happens. But... I, oh, how can you not be excited for a rock return? I don't see him wrestling, though, but anytime that he comes out, you're going to hear the pop and the crowd gets so excited. And I feel like there's so many people that haven't experienced a rock entrance, and I think every wrestling fan should experience the rock and Stone Cold entrance at least once in their fandom. So it's going to be it's gonna be awesome. And then hopefully he gets his ass whooped by Roman Reigns. <laughs> Glenn, what do you think about the rock at Survivor Series? I think it's a great time to set up a Mania match with The Rock and Roman for next year. Yeah. yeah. If you see what they did the last time around, well, not necessarily the last time, but when he had his feud with John Cena, he did come back uh, at Survivor Series for kind of a warm-up tag team match. And we did talk about those reports that the plan might be for The Rock to take a new show and Roman Reigns to take a new show at WrestleMania. But that sounds like that would be more along the lines of a Survivor Series program before we get to Rock versus Roman Reigns. But again, you have to consider the fact, and Issa even brought it up, and I didn't even think about this, that maybe he won't even be wrestling. Maybe it will just be an appearance at yeah. Survivor Series, and he'll save the actual wrestling for what maybe a tag team match to protect himself um, from getting hurt and having to stop production. Yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. It's the 25th anniversary, so you can bring him for a segment or to honor him. You know, it's the 25th anniversary of his debut, I believe, this, mm. this Survivor Series. Yeah. So he could be coming just to celebrate that, and then, you know, an angle can be set up without necessarily having to put him in the ring now. WWE, and uh, look at what they're doing with Cena, talking about this, like, 15-city tour or whatever they're doing on the road to SummerSlam, I think they know that they really need to entice the fans to go out and have these live shows. WWE can't risk coming back uh, from this pandemic Thunderdome era and having quiet crowds, on a, you know, half-filled arenas. Like, they need to throw everything they got at this. I think Cena is a great move. I think The Rock, while he wouldn't be doing live events, would certainly rekindle interest in wrestling. That's a story you could tell stretch out over multiple months between him and Roman. I think it's good for ratings, good for attendance. And the shot in the arm they need right now, because uh, I think they're, they're finding their way in this post-COVID environment. 
Yeah, absolutely. And another thing I think about that is that it might be like a buzz thing in terms of you see AEW had all buzz in the past couple of days with Daniel Bryan, uh, reportedly CM Punk. And this leads us to our next news story with Braun Strowman reportedly uh, might be on his way back to WWE as WWE uh, is interested in bringing him back, according to Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Of course, he was shockingly released on June 2nd uh, uh, last month uh, as part of a waiver releases that also featured Aleister Black, who is now with AEW. Uh, Braun Strowman, unlike Black, though, has a 90-day non-compete. This does make sense to me. I do kind of expect of all places for Braun Strowman to go. If there is interest in bringing him back, I think WWE might be the best landing spot for him. For me personally, I think it'd be more interesting to go to AEW just for the conjecture. Oh, yeah. just, it'd be such a fun story, but I do think it's most likely if WWE wants to bring him back, it probably he will entice them and go there. What do you think he said? Yeah, I agree. I mean, he said it. The only place he's ever wrestled is WWE. He's homegrown, and he's such a WWE talent that when he got released, I was having the harder time on where would I place him. You know, we all do mm-hmm. the, oh, where would we want this person to go? And I just had a hard time play, placing Braun Strowman because he just seems like a WWE kind of talent. And maybe it's a matter of, hey, listen, we couldn't afford you at this price. What would you do for this? Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe they lower the price, and he agrees. I don't know, but I do think that it will make sense. Uh, he was just in the main event of, you know, the pay-per-view right before Backlash, WrestleMania Backlash. Yes. So, I mean, there was obviously some some kind of interest in him. So why not try? You know, I don't know. I don't think that Braun Strowman counters the rumors, <laughs> you know, of what other companies might be getting. But it's, it's something. Well, and that's why, you know, I was going to say to, to your point, you said, do you think he comes back for less money, more money, or the same amount? You know, do they just say, let's pretend it never happened, just show up, we'll put you back on the same deal? Do they think, are they afraid he goes to AEW? I think he would be a get for AEW because he does have appeal outside of their normal core demographic. Yeah. And, and I do, I mean, I don't know about the same money, but I do think that AEW now making all these reported big signings is playing into the fact that WWE might, again, it's this war within a war. WWE wants to jockey for position two, and they're now selling tickets. AEW has been selling tickets like crazy. WWE yeah. in certain cities have been selling tickets very well, but now it becomes what kind of buzz can you generate for this product? And Braun Strowman going to AEW would just be more momentum for a company that seems like it, it'll never run out of momentum right now. Right. I mean, unless there's some oddball, like, million-dollar offer from Sinclair and Ring of Honor, uh, it, it's got to be WWE or AEW. Like, they he's not going to Im- part of the company if they <laughs> – Yeah, he's not going to Impact. No, uh, yeah, I, I would be very shocked if that's uh, where he ended up. But um, uh, speaking – well, we're talking about where people ended up. I, I'm trying to figure out where this guy is, and Randy Orton knows a weird story on uh, Randy Orton in terms of his disappearance. He hasn't been seen since the June 21st show of Raw – I uh, lost singles master John Morrison, and then he's just been gone since. He was not at Money in the Bank. He's not appeared in front of any of these live crowds. Apparently, according to Fightful Select, uh, there's no word on why he's gone, but uh, him being replaced in that uh, last chance qualifier where he was replaced by Matt Riddle, that was done because there were circumstances out of their control. There's no heat with the company. He's expected to be back for WWE's August 2nd show with Chicago. Uh, so, Randy Orton, uh, kind of conspicuous by his absence. Do you guys, uh, are you curious to see how this live Proud would take to Randy Orton right now. Yeah, I think I think Randy's an attraction. I have missed seeing him. Randy is like, I don't know. I think Randy Orton was one of the MVPs, if not the MVP, when it comes to Monday Night Raw of the PC slash Thunderdome era, and he did some amazing things and even had a title run during that time. You know, where it was a two week title run, but he had it. Um, 
I, I mean, we still get Riddle pointing at the sky every time that <laughs> that he talks about Randy Orton, and maybe he's onto something. Maybe nobody knows where he's at. But I do think that's some well-deserved time off. Why not? Yeah. We shall see. Uh, what else we got? Final story. As exclusively reported here on Wrestling Inc., uh, WWE has plans to hold a Queen of the Ring tournament, uh, likely on Peacock. So uh, are you excited about a Queen of the Ring tournament, he said? Yes and no. I mean, I think it's going to be awesome, but I do think that they have to learn how to book their women's division. Like, you have to, like, crawl before you walk. You know, you want to do all these events while the women's division is being booked horribly right now, in my opinion. So I I would say yes. They have to put some kind of star power in there, though. You cannot just have it like a May Young Classic, you know, if it's going to be like a one-off and not have Charlotte Flair win, because that would be the obvious. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's exciting, and maybe it's the step to booking the women's division better. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I think it'll be cool. Who, who do you guys think would win if you were to just uh, make a prediction right now, just knowing what you know, who would be your favorite to win a Queen of the Ring tournament? Start with Glenn. Rhea Ripley. Oh. Io Shirai. I'd say Tony Storm. There you go. Yeah, Tony Storm is great tonight. But I, I like Io. I like Io. But they, whoever, if they have one of these up-and-comers, like NXT talent or newer talent win, it has to be a win over one of the, of the very established names. Like, it needs to be, like, a final against, like, a Charlotte Flair, Bailey, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks. Like, that would really, really make a big impression. Well, if they refuse to beat Jeff Hardy with an NXT talent, I'm not sure we're going to see Charlotte Flair doing any jobs with these NXT people. But uh, they do treat the women differently. So, I, I know you can see something like that, maybe. Yeah. I'm excited. I think it'll be great. Uh, yeah, let's talk about SmackDown tonight. John Cena coming out to the crowd in Cleveland. Man, this is the probably the unanimously best reaction I think I've ever heard for John Cena. Certainly yeah. in recent memory. Probably since uh, like, like one of probably one of his top five best received promos tonight. The crowd was yeah, I, I think three of the top five might be the last three times we saw him between Money in the Bank, Raw, and SmackDown. John Cena's a babyface. Like, this is the guy, as great as John Cena was, you could argue he's the greatest of all time. Uh, this is a guy that WWE wanted that whole 10-year run that eventually fans kind of rejected, and it became that 50-50 thing that I thought he handled brilliantly. Like, he was still a big old star. It's just that he didn't get those unanimous babyface reactions, but that's exactly what he's been getting on these shows, and I think he's been great in these opening segments. Is I mean, we'll talk about this end because they, you know, are setting up Finn against Roman. Is that going to be at SummerSlam, a triple threat? I, I, I Isa, I was, I was uh, saying a little prayer uh, for uh, the Roman fans. The way Cena was received and the way Roman was getting those jeers, I was like, they might actually have Cena go over at SummerSlam if they think he's so popular right now and they need to keep him around for a while and that he'll uh, sell tickets. I mean, Roman couldn't have said it better. It's a nostalgia thing and yeah. a double standard, too. It depends on who the returning star is, right? Because Cena's doing the exact same thing Goldberg is doing on Raw, but people apparently like this and they don't like that Goldberg is doing it. It's two part-timers well, that haven't been here in over a year that lost their last match getting a title shot. It doesn't make any sense. And listen, pros to you, Cleveland. Maybe you missed him. I don't know. But if you like actually sit down and think about the booking, you're getting the same thing. It's a part-timer coming back again. We're supposed to be against that. But because it's John Cena, we're all going to like, oh, yay. No, no. Who doesn't love a super jacked guy that talks like Foghorn Leghorn if he was from South Boston? <laughs> <laughs> I think that just has universal appeal. I thought Foghorn Leghorn was from South Boston. Perhaps. Perhaps he's been fooling us all. 
Uh, but no, this was a good promo. The crowd was really amped for it. And then Paul Heyman coming out was smart. A that smart was way great. To that. Uh, it occurred to me tonight, I tweeted this, Paul Heyman is slowly turning into Boss Hog from the Dukes of Hazard. Like, he was just out there having such a good time tonight. Him going toe-to-toe with Cena was great. This is probably the best use of Paul Heyman in quite some time. Absolutely. He's in this role now because Roman Reigns is just so great with this character alongside the Usos that they, they'll use Paul Heyman when they need him. As great as Paul Heyman is, is he's probably the best talker in that whole company, but uh, they haven't u- needed him on like a week-to-week basis. But now with live fans back, I think he came close to upstaging Cena as well as Cena did in that opening segment. Paul Heyman's promo was incredible. And uh, those people really responded to him mocking John Cena's theme and just kind of walk. He's just so comfortable in front of these fans. And I thought it was great. I thought Paul Heyman has definitely been re-energized by having fans in the building because as great of a promo as he is he just goes to another level when he knows there are people there to react to the things that he's going to say yes and very smart of them to have um paul Heyman come out and say no you do it on the tribal chief's time and leave you with that cliffhanger so that people have to stay tuned in through the show because you want to find out what he's going to say or are they going to come face to face and they also held off on the face to face which is also another genius like idea to keep you going to keep you tuning in to watch it's going to be a hot month between now. Yeah. We're going to have three really hot SmackDowns and probably some Raw segments building Cena and Reigns, mm-hmm. if that is still indeed the plan. I don't can't imagine that's not the plan. Finn's maybe in it. I think Finn and Roman might face off next week on SmackDown. We'll talk about that and speculate on that later in the show. But we did have Finn Balor come out against Sami Zayn tonight, getting a win. Finn, man, I don't remember Finn being this over before he left to go to back to NXT. Like Finn seems really connecting with the crowd. I feel Finn has always had a solid connection with the crowd. Like, I don't know, every time I go to a live show, I always thought he got such a good reaction. Maybe it's the entrance and the interaction of the crowd with him. But, I mean, I, I've always thought that, that he has a good connection with the audience. Seeing his reaction, particularly tonight, I really the first thing I thought, because they were really behind him in that match against Sami Zayn, and I was thinking, like, man, this guy's getting hot. If, as long as they can keep him away from Roman Reigns, because that's what his ceiling is. Like, he's eventually going to get fed to Roman Reigns. As long as they can just keep him away from Roman Reigns longer, maybe he'll build something. But <laughs> tonight, he just walked out and challenged Roman Reigns. So I don't expect that, you know, hopefully they'll still be behind him, but I don't really expect him to do much against Roman Reigns if they have that match. I mean, yes. yeah, we can't forget uh, that Sean. Finn Balor beat Roman Reigns on his first night on the yes, main roster, right? No, Karrion Cross cannot relate, but I do remember that. <laughs> uh, good for Finn. Sammy got a good crowd reaction tonight. Um, I- I'm glad to see both of these guys doing well. I think, uh, yeah, they're. Uh, it's good to see that they're really connecting. I thought this match was good, simple, crowd pleaser. Um, we got some super chats. Um Antoine Fair, $5, saying, Alfred, you my guy, but I disagree. I felt Cena's promo was forced, same as 2017. Roman sucks, blah, blah. Check the stats, John. Roman is carrying the company. Okay, well, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know when Issa started writing Antoine super chats. <laughs> no, but listen, I when I say he was great, and I thought he was great at getting the crowd engaged. I did think it was a good promo. It's not like I thought like this is the best promo of the night. If I was to compare John Cena and Roman Reigns' promo, I thought Roman Reigns had the better promo in terms of his response to John Cena. But I think John Cena, and that's not an easy role. You know, get out there, get these people fired up, get these people excited, and stuff like that. As hot as this crowd is, I think John Cena does a better job at that in terms of getting everybody fired up in the opening segment. And he was super over. Like, these people absolutely love John Cena. Um, so, yeah, no, I thought, he's, I thought he was fine tonight, so I disagree. I don't think that uh, it was forced because the people were very much into him. So uh, I liked it. Yeah, I, 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 I think so. Oh. 
I'm having trouble controlling things. There we go. Krana Shah saying John Cena like the missionary position, repeating it. And Krana pointed out earlier that John Cena acknowledged the alternate universe of the Firefly Funhouse and that he escaped. And that's when I knew tonight was going to be magic. Right, right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Stella just opens 499. I thought Finn was going to be Roman's challenger after Cena going into the fall season. They could bring that back. They could say, hey, this was a triple threat. But now let's go one-on-one. -on -one. And Jody Shaw and Jenkins throwing shade with $5 Canadian, saying, how do the Usos have the straps? Because so, they've been weight training with Baron Corbin. I think I think they got a thorough. <laughs> they carry themselves. Are well. we body shaming the Usos now? <laughs> I will say, I've been in person next to the Usos. There are a couple of those guys. You have no idea how big these guys are in real life. These guys are enormous. And, yeah, maybe, you know, they don't have bodybuilder bodies, but they're one of the greatest tag teams of all time. And, uh, you yeah, know, let the man live. Yeah. Uh, Bid Moon 299 saying Roman head of the bedroom, Issa number one. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs> oh, so much, so much tonight that that segment gave. I us. love how he said, he said the word missionary position, and this crowd reacted like he made a Pornhub reference. It's like missionary <laughs> position is not that edgy of a reference, but I think they're so used to not hearing sexual reference that this place went crazy when he said missionary. It was like a really clever piece of writing by the WWE. Yes. And also one that is good because you have to be of a certain age to get that. Yeah. You know, that's why it was kind of smart too. Is like, it wasn't as lowbrow as sometimes what they do is when they make uh, more sexually overt references. Um, scared monkey bones or sacred monkey bone, $5. At what point did they pull the trigger on Montez? Street profits to feel holding him back. He'd be a great single star. There's still a lot he can do uh, with Street Profits. But, yeah, eventually I see that going that way. But he's still got time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, they, don't have a, they don't have a tag team division right now, so you really can't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like like separate him when there's, like, no tag teams. Yeah. Uh, but, no, man, this was just a hot show overall, except for, for one part that uh, was challenged, and we'll talk about that. Uh, but man, again, high point after high point, sad Baron Corbin backstage that he lost money on the crowdfunding website. The guy ran off, stole his identity. <laughs> Whoever is writing this, you are the most talented writer in WWE. Uh, you had to ride the bus to work. Um, this, this, and we'll talk about what happened later, but this was so good. They're building this so well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so too. He's so committed. As soon as I saw him. Like the hair, the beard, and like the shirt. Like I'm like, this man is committed to whatever this story is, and you gotta give him props. And it looks like they're going in the direction of. I mean, they're almost definitely going in the direction of making him a baby face. Like uh, we were talking a couple of weeks ago, where he was kind of subtweeting crowds and he was being kind of a heel about being broke. But now it's like he's a legit sympathetic figure. Kevin Owens tried to give him money, so it looks like they're gonna make him a baby face. And I definitely think it's gonna work because he's just like Job at this point, where he's just all these bad things keep happening to him. You don't have a choice but to feel sorry for him. And somebody pointed out, tweeted at me. Money in the Bank last year, remember, Baron Corbin accidentally broke that mirror. And if they reference that, this is brilliant long-term storytelling about his bad luck <laughs> and yeah. fall from grace. That's hilarious. This is where that was leading. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so we went from that. Uh, big. This was interesting how they dealt with this into the uh, the other matches. Biggie out there cutting a promo post-winning Money in the Bank. 
interrupted by Apollo, interrupted by the dirty dogs. Why are the dirty dogs still a thing? Why? Why, they why, why? Kind of random to just kind of trot them back out there. And really, they like became kind of a big part of the show because we saw them all over the show. Uh, uh, on SmackDown, but uh, I guess they're still a thing. Hey, to Issa's point, I guess uh, they're starting to rebuild this tag team division. I mean, they're going to need somebody out there. Maybe they're planning to bring the Street Profits back uh, sooner rather than later, so they need more tag teams. Uh, but uh, the Dirty Dogs, are, they're, they're getting that check, and they're getting money from Baron Corbin, so at least they're still making their money. I can't believe they were trying to take his money. <laughs> <laughs> that was so, It was so funny, too. I, I popped a little for that. <laughs> Um, so I, I mean, this interruption train tonight was something else though, right? I mean, we went from that Apollo, the dirty dogs, uh, Shinsuke Cesaro. I mean, this set up a dark match. So these guys had a, a six man tag, uh, in the segment we saw on the air, of course it devolved into a brawl, but then they had a six man tag when we went to, uh, uh, I apologize. What was the name of the music festival? Rolling tonight? Loud. Rolling Rolling Loud. Loud. So this is a huge hip hop festival out of Miami that was happening tonight. And um, okay. What did you think? Let's, before we talk about the matches, and I don't think there's a lot to talk about with the matches, but let's talk about this idea that it looked really cool. But what do you think about like the crowd reaction and the way people were, were into this? I mean, Issa, if yeah. you were at a hip hop show like this and not a wrestling fan, what would you make of what you saw tonight? I think every show has a little intermission, a little something. Every concert, even if you're not into it, right? There's probably a segment in there that you're not the most excited for. I, I think that WWE announced this a little too last minute to give it a hype. You know what I mean? Because I feel like we just found out about it and then all of a sudden it's in two weeks. So I really wish they would have been able to lock this in sooner to give it the, to give it the hype it deserved. Yeah, no, absolutely agree in terms of this is always going to be a hip hop crowd that paid their money to see hip hop. So right. WWE doing this in front of all these hip hop fans is always going to get this type of reaction. My takeaway, it looked like a WrestleMania, but sounded like the Thunderdome. Like, like they could have had a presence. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> they could have had a presence in front of like paying customers. I think the ideal way to have done this and, and you know, the circumstances behind this is the WWE kind of putting this together, you know, kind of down the road a couple weeks out from the Rolling Loud Festival, which I think is a great idea, but maybe a better idea in terms of getting fan engagement is a lot of these music festivals will have like tents and they'll have like certain stations for different things to happen, whether it's for a smaller artist, whether it's for a comedy show or whatnot. WWE could have done that. NXT has done the same thing. And, and I believe they did this at Rolling Loud, but I don't know what festivals they've been at, but they've done the same thing but with an NXT crowd and it looked great and it sounded great. Yeah. Maybe it's not the biggest crowd, but the people were into it and, it, and they're at a hip hop festival where there is a presence there. So I really, you know, if anybody's takeaway is, oh, WWE shouldn't be working with these younger audiences and trying to, to integrate themselves to hip hop. That's a stupid thing to say, like absolutely right. need to keep trying it. And it's funny because whenever the hip hop world comes into WWE, like Bad Bunny did, it was the hottest thing on WrestleMania. But when WWE goes to the hip hop world, it's the reverse because WWE needs to acclimate itself to the audience. Hip hop is already hot. It can be hot anywhere. WWE needs that same clout. Otherwise, they're going to stay old and they're going to stay cold. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and everyone aware, uh, we are trying to moderate the chat. There is uh, someone bombing in there, but YouTube is having an issue. Uh, thank you to the mods for hitting block. I'm trying as well. And we'll make sure that's all cleaned up in the post replay. Um, but no, with uh, this with rolling loud tonight um man i mean i i saw nxt at aftershock like a metal festival but that was in a separate tented area 
there were maybe like 50 people that were there for NXT and the rest were just people curious kind of coming in from a metal festival. They shot that angle with Corey Taylor from Slipknot uh, there with Baron Corbin. Like, but this tonight, like that audience just looked not interested at all in what was going on, which is very unfortunate, but on TV, it looked very larger than life. They, they, like were piping in, they were piping in crowd noises, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, they yeah. had to. And that might have been like mandatory in terms of. And plus, yeah. like, it's an outdoor crowd of all like this huge crowd, so it would be hard to hear them react. Uh, 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 regardless, uh, you know, Wale did a good job coming out there and having them chant, "We want the smoke." So it seemed kind of promising. But uh, one of my favorite parts yeah. is WWE's Twitter account had this tweet, and they're just like, "Look at the roaring cloud crowd at Rolling Loud!" In the comments, it's just like, ah, I didn't hear any roars there. <laughs> Yeah, and when Bianca won, they they panned to the crowd, and it was just like there was no reaction, and it made me so sad. But I get it, I get it. It's not it's not what they're expecting to see when they pay their tickets to Rolling Loud, you know. But I think it's good for WWE for trying to get these newer audiences and different audiences in. Yeah, I mean, it it looks a lot cooler than it actually was, uh, which is very. uh, But but Angelo Dawkins versus Chad Cable. Man, like uh, the Street Profits coming out with Wally was great. And then from down there, like Bianca's entrance was great. But man, like uh, Gable and Otis, like didn't look super comfortable. Um, I mean, the matches weren't really fluid. I think even having it where they did on the stage was a mistake. I think they should have put it out in the middle of the crowd. It probably would have been a lot more hyped if you didn't have people that were just trying to stake out their position up front to uh, see whatever headliner was on next, you know? It's also yeah. kind of a tough sell to have stars from this current generation as talented as they are. You know, the harsh reality is that this is a generation where WWE's product does not transcend to a big mainstream audience. So, you know, a John Cena in front of this crowd might have done better. Maybe it would have behooved them to run an angle during a performance or really better ingratiate themselves. But to just say, OK, now time for some pro wrestling between, you know, some of the current generation stars. Not only are people not going to really know who they are, but uh, it's also, you know, a different product than what they pay for. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great that's a great take. It was tough. Um, so Angelo Dawkins won his match, and then we had Carmella versus Bianca Belair uh, for the SmackDown Women's Title. I mean, Bianca on that stage, talk about looking like you belong. She was yeah. working that crowd. I don't know if they converted any new fans tonight, but I thought she once again just sky's the limit on what her potential is. Okay. Yeah, at the very least, there's 200,000 people, hundreds of thousand people there. So, I'm, you know, even if it's a small handful of people who are interested, that's still probably a lot of people who, at the very least, were like, well, let me check out this WWE thing and see what this is about. Yeah. Um. So, let's see. Justin Lopez, 499, saying, I heard the last pop was for Trey Young at Rolling Loud, announcing the first ever WWE New Year's Day pay-per-view at the festival from Atlanta. That's interesting. Wow. There you go. Good for WWE. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, after Bianca won her match, then we went backstage. Kevin Owens trying to help uh, Knox and Shotzi fix the tank. Uh, the cannon on it wasn't working. Baron Corbin walks up <laughs> and, and asked Kevin Owens to borrow some money. And then this was fantastic um, that right after he gets the money, like $40 and Corbin looks so thankful. The, uh, the missile from the tank hit him in the nuts and he keeled over and then rude and Ziggler came, uh, and laughing and <laughs> took the $40 from him. I don't know why I found that so funny. 
<laughs> I popped huge for especially when they took the money. I like listen, I popped huge. But Kevin Owens coming to his defense, like are they gonna turn them into a tag team? Oh, oh, maybe. That's an interesting idea. I don't know. There's like a lot of interaction between the two of them, you know, and Kevin Owens is trying to give him life lessons, like giving the money. He was like, try to not be a jerk. <laughs> Yeah, maybe Baron Corbin like starts taking life lessons from Kevin Owens, who obviously, if you follow his <laughs> social media, is the happiest man alive. Maybe that's where Happy <laughs> Corbin comes from. <laughs> so good. That is interesting. Uh, KO and Baron Corbin has attacked him. I haven't really thought of that. I, I think what they're doing with Baron Corbin and Kevin Owens is Baron Corbin has been such a heel. I mean, for the entire time he's been there, like essentially in terms of how people hate him, like the number one heel that they've had over the past several years. Uh, that now, if they want to turn him babyface and course correct they're gonna have somebody who's very popular and has credibility with the crowd to at the very least be like oh no he's a good guy guys come on give him a chance like they're gonna have to have a kevin owens there to vouch for baron corbin if they want him to be a good guy to really hammer home the fact that this guy's gonna be a babyface yeah yeah matthew pierce 299 saying so sick of the same matches every week roman is great Okay. I, didn't feel that. I actually felt tonight was a good step in that direction of resets and restarts. We had yeah. Sam Zayn versus Finn Balor. We had Tony Storm debuting against Lena Vega, which is a brand new matchup. I, I didn't see a, a whole lot of repeats tonight. I think the repeats happen at Rolling Loud with Carmella yeah, exactly. and, and Street Profits and Otis and um, Chad Gable. But you can you really count those matches? You know what I mean? Like I feel like that was just an attraction for Rolling Loud. And, and, I, and I'm kind of glad that they gave Rolling Loud the rematches and not Cleveland. Because when they first announced this, I was like, oh, my God, if you pay tickets to go to Cleveland and they think, take Roman and everybody over to the music yeah. festival, do you know how mad that audience is going to be? So I'm glad that what they had over there was rematches. That way the audience that paid to see the show live didn't feel, you know, robbed. Yeah. No, and that makes sense. Um Man, if there was a night for Otis to bust out the worm. No. <laughs> <laughs> no we could have used a promo on this just to give people a reason to – like, do you think these people knew who the baby face was, who they're supposed to be cheering for? Like, they could have had Otis go out there and cut a promo on this crowd somehow just to get some heat and maybe inject some emotion into this matchup. Yeah, they could have they could have done more. Although, but that could have gone bad, though. I mean, if you think what chants are terrible, you try a hostile – crowd that is not there to see you <laughs> like if you ever i mean we've all been to those concerts right where the opening act is just like i'm not gonna talk i'm just gonna play my songs and get off stage they are not right? here for me <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's like they're the, yeah they're, they're not there to make a connection they just want to see the headliner um so let's talk about edge's promo what did you think of this tonight alfred uh, I thought this was very good, uh, especially because it's just like, it felt like I was watching Seth Rollins again. Like, I haven't felt like I've seen yeah. this old Seth Rollins for a while now. And even though he's wearing a loud, wacky suit, like, I thought this exchange was great. And Teese has been calling for this for weeks in that Seth Rollins brought up the fact that he almost ended Edge seven years ago. And I've been waiting for that, uh, especially because, you know, Issa brought that into my conscience. Like, why aren't they talking about that? And they finally did. So that was really cool to see, too. Yeah. yeah, I am so excited. I think that the build-up to this match is going to be as good as any of the other matches for SummerSlam, like Cena and Roman, and tonight they showed us that. I felt that Edge was going to bring a little bit more serious side of Seth while he's still playing the character that he was playing before. You can tell Seth is very invested into this feud. Um, I loved Edge cutting the promo, talking about how he's been into the darkest of things and he'll go to whatever you know he has to do to, to make sure he gets the job done. Um, I really loved 
the interaction between the two of them. I do need them to stop touching because like they had like a brawl at Money in the Bank. They had another brawl. Oh, yeah. like, I wanna I wanna wait and have the anticipation of the moment when the bell rings and they're going at it. You know what I mean? So I hope that we can do a couple of weeks where they're not face to face, you know, brawling. Yes, too hot to handle, but for wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I love it. I like that show. Shut up. They're coming out with a new show called F Boy Island, which is essentially the same idea. Wait, really? Oh, yeah. On HBO Wait, Max, hosted by Nikki Glazer. F Boy Island. I think it's I tried 10 F Boys, 10 Nice Guys, or something like that. Oh, yeah. I tried watching uh, the Netflix uh, dating show with everyone in the weird masks. Uh, like the furries and the oh. grims. <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet. I actually have not seen that one oh, yet. Oh, what's that called? Sexy Beasts. Yeah. So it's a dating show, but they're all like dressed as animals or uh, like uh, mythological creatures and they go on dates to see if yeah. they can fall in love. Yeah. And they have to stay in the masks on the date? Yes, until until the <laughs> end. I've never heard of this. I got to check this out. It's new. Love, it's is, new blind. On love is Blind is better. Yeah. Oh, I love Love is Blind. That's a good show. Yeah. Well, this is like that, but but you want to see somebody like dressed as a dolphin on a date with like a goblin. This is the show for you. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so Antoine fair, I missed the super chat earlier and this has a great typo in it. Uh, Antoine fair, you have to be either married or in a long-term relationship to get the missionary reference. I pop for it, but I also pop for the jokes in the new space jam. So <laughs> how is the new uh, space jam? I haven't heard good things about it, but I've uh, yet to see it. Yeah. I'm a Michael Jordan loyalist. So I'm not seeing the new space jam. Right. Wow. <laughs> There you go. Uh, I, it was so funny, though, man. Like, Edge was cutting that promo, and then when Rollins came out and hit the Grandpa Edge line, it was, like, so teed up. Because Edge and I talking about his long career, it was just like, yeah. I mean, that was the subtext. Like, Edge is old. Edge has seen yeah. some shit. <laughs> he brought up the brood. Hey, say what yes. you will about nostalgia. Nostalgia plays with WWE audiences. I know. When he said the brood, these people went crazy. He was, I mean, and that's the thing. That's why I'm telling you, like, Edge, Cena, like, I think WWE has realized – this is going to get them back on track. I don't. I, the question is, how long do they rely on this before, uh, you know? And, and how do they use this effectively to keep building new stars and uh, keep the audience long term? Um, so we do have Tony Storm versus Lena Vega. Tony making her SmackDown debut. Pretty straightforward match. Tony looked great, and Zelina, man, Zelina uh, losing again. Uh, what did you think of uh, Tony Storm's debut, Issa? I thought she looked great. She has star quality to her. When she comes out, her entrance, her gear, she has that presence that commands your attention. Uh, didn't hear big reaction, but I think they're starting in the right direction to build her and get the people, you know, to get familiar with who she is, because I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people in there didn't know who she was. But I thought she looked great. She wrestled a great match. I mean, Selena Vega's return so far has been... You know, not the most successful, but for the record, she wasn't winning matches before she left either. Selena Vega has never been known as the in-ring technician that wins every match she's in. So a lot of people are, you know, criticizing this, but I'm like, Selena Vega was never really in the winning column to begin with. I mean, they could have yeah. changed that with her return, but she's not doing anything different. I personally would rather see her in a manager role, but right now the women's division needs all, all the help they can get, especially on SmackDown, so... 
Yeah, um, I have no problem with Zelina Vega going on this losing streak because her talent is as a manager, and that's not necessarily to knock her wrestling, but, I mean, she's a supreme talent. We talk about these uh, pandemic MVPs, which Randy Orton definitely was one of them. Zelina right. Vega was another. Those pandemic shows that were nearly unwatchable, when they put her on commentary or had her cut a promo, she made them watchable. She's yeah. very, very skilled talker and somebody who knows the art of making somebody look like a star as a manager. So that's really where her talents lie. So, you know, I'm not going to get too mad when she loses is a wrestling match because yeah. I want to see Belina Vega the manager and there are people in WWE right now who could use some guidance men or women mm-hmm. um, with the manager and Zelina Vega would fill that role mm-hmm. so uh, Brett Murphy $5 saying Glenn Alfred will never watch Space Jam unless the third one comes out that features Giannis and oh. Bobby Portis <laughs> if you told me that Giannis is in this Space Jam then I'm watching it but I'm not watching it on the strengths of just LeBron as much as I like LeBron James I'm, I'm only watching Space Jam if you're a world champion Milwaukee Bucks I uh, have all of the starring roles, like not even Anthony Davis. Or, it's just everybody has to be a Milwaukee Buck. <laughs> so, did you guys know the Milwaukee Bucks won the championship this this week? You guys do that, wait, right? What? <laughs> no, <laughs> I did not know. Wow, that's amazing. World, world champions. There you go. Crazy. <laughs> and that's basketball, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> For some reason, that basketball finished like earlier in the year. This is how out of it I am with sports. Oh, I understand because to me, the season ended when the Nets got eliminated by the Bucks. Oh, you, so, <laughs> you know, after that happened, I, I don't know if anything else happened. So I'm with you, Glenn. Basketball is the one with the ball and they put it in the hoop with the net. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Come on. Don't act like you don't know. You know the streets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the last time I played basketball. <sighs> Probably like '92 when the nation was in like white men can't jump fever, like a pickup <laughs> basketball was going through a resurgence. That's probably the last time. Uh, yes. Oh, you gotta have the hat and you flip it. Like oh man, I that played basketball movie. in high school and college. Oh, oh really? Wow. wow. Yeah. Hey. Um. So, <laughs> well, I'm just saying this is not a basketball podcast. Back to SmackDown. Of all, our, yeah. of all our. All- Topic segments like basketball is the one. Oh no, that's too far. <laughs> the best you know? kind of WWE title. So this is wrestling related. Oh well, I mean everyone, right? I'm surprised Triple H doesn't send those to like Academy Award winners. You it's know, it's like imagine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little yeah. Joker play for freaking walking Phoenix. <laughs> like Dame Judy Dench holding up like a <laughs> WWE championship. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> that would be great. Um, so Jimmy Uso versus Dominic Mysterio, and I was so annoyed during this match. Okay, Jimmy Uso won. That was one thing, but they were hyping WWE 2K22 that's coming out this year. The 2K franchise is back, and then Pat McAfee saying, "Oh, Ray was in." WWE 2K01, and I'm just like head exploding because I'm like, okay, one, Rey Mysterio was not in the WWE in the year 2000. <laughs> Two, um, the 2K names didn't even start till like 2013 with WWE 2K14. Uh, three, uh, as every sports gamer knows, it was 2K1, not 2K01. And then four, if it come out in 2000, it would have been WWF 2K1. Pat McAfee, do your research. You just bought wow, Look at that. That's right. I didn't Shooting up. I mean, like, sorry, video game nerd. You, I used to cover sports games for, like, Sports Illustrated right. for kids. So that was my beat. Oh, that's awesome. Know? Yeah. Really, really annoys me, man. But were you, were you 2K or Madden guy, Alfred? Definitely Madden. Love really? Madden. I love the 2K. I like 2K um, but Madden was was my thing. Still kind of Play any sports games, Issa? 
on consoles? Yeah, I mean, I was playing WWE 2K games, but then I stopped buying them because they sucked. Um, they did. And, and I do play Madden. Uh, so, Jimmy Uso won that match. I don't know what else. Of course he did. They're the tag champions. I mean, he, he needed a little assistance from Jey Uso, but... Um, Very yeah, sloppy uh, finish, too. Yeah, but, right? <laughs> but this was the setup for then Roman to come out and yes. cut... I think my favorite promo he's ever done just uh, about Cena. Um, I mean, he really brought it to him in a way that was fresh and original. Yes. The missionary position line uh, <laughs> did not see that coming. Um, and then we got swerved with Finn Balor coming out and then getting face to face and well, he accepts Finn's challenge. So this was great. And that I don't know where it's going. Roman looked like, I think Roman just looked like such a huge star. They built things up so well tonight when he had that moment. It was 10 times more powerful than it would have been if he would have come out at the start of the show because the crowd was so alive by the time that happened. Right, right. I absolutely love this um, promo by Roman Reigns for reasons. Um, love him coming out in the white shirt. He looks like a beautiful Samoan angel. I just have to point that out. <laughs> and yeah, the promo was amazing. He was comfortable and he made some valid points. And I feel like I really want to see what John Cena comes back with because I don't I don't like the John Cena promos. He's not really speaking facts. Roman has been carrying and he's the best thing going in wrestling right now, you know? So he, him saying John Cena is the same thing. I can just Google 2005 and I'll get the same Thing. that's a fact but john cena i don't understand why he's coming after roman because he's egomaniac like why yeah. why why you know what i mean i don't get it and um yeah no i really really enjoyed the promo i thought he did a great job and i'm excited to see them go face to face yeah what i love about this promo is this is what i would expect them to say if they were in a legitimate argument and he had you know if he was just talking to john cena in terms of this is why i'm better than you these are the things that he would bring up is that he's newer is that john cena is kind of coming back wearing the same shirt and whatnot these are hitting close to home these aren't just facts he said these are bars that roman reigns is laying down on john cena I felt like Roman Reigns' promo was directly addressing John Cena, whereas John Cena is still kind of trying to get the crowd into it and whip them into a frenzy, and he has yet to really go after Roman Reigns. Uh, but when that happens, I mean, Roman Reigns definitely has the upper hand, and I can't wait to see them in the ring at the same time and see how, because that's where it went left for Roman Reigns the last time around, but I, I think Roman Reigns will be so ready to just go toe-to-toe -to -toe with John Cena. And it, it's very reminiscent of John Cena versus The Rock that first time around, where mm. it was like right. legit, you can tell they hated each other. And they were really just kind of delivering like the best work of their careers, I thought, in terms of the tension that they built with their promos. So I like where this is going. Another thing I really like was when he said John Cena acknowledged me, which is a fact. Like John Cena came out and called you out, which is not something that John Cena, John Cena was used to being the one that would get called out, right? Mm -hmm. So to see John Cena come back to call somebody out, it's a fun fact. Yeah. yeah. Um, but John Cena's star, though, has risen so much since the last time. And again, he keeps rising. This isn't like you could just be like, dude, you were in the Marine in 12 rounds. Like John Cena, I mean, was in F9. I think if not for the pandemic, John Cena would be at an even higher level um, if movies had come out on schedule in terms of the project he has. He's in the new Suicide Squad. I mean, I think he is very mainstream, very well known. That's why him coming back after this absence really makes it feel much more special than his last extended run in uh, WWE. Yeah, absolutely. It was good. He left us for Hollywood, it's just true. like The Rock did. <laughs> People are so fast to forgive, and it's just like, really? He wasn't here through the pandemic. He left us through hard times. He didn't, want to, your, he didn't want to see your face in a screen. Think about it? that, fans. 
<laughs> Isn't it kind of weird that both The Rock and John Cena had very rocky starts in their film career, no pun intended, and then that second wave, right, is like when they went on to become stressful, which shows that, hey, after the chaperone Triple H, there's still hope for you. You just got to go back to making movies. Yeah, absolutely. That's the winner. And you know, The Rock and John Cena both also had rocky starts at the beginning of their wrestling careers too. Rock had that, you know, the grass kind of Samoan uh, skirt outfit that he was wearing and people weren't really messing with Rocky Johnson's grandson or son or whatnot. And they were saying, die, Rocky, die. And then he actually became a star. And then John Cena had those different neon colored outfits that people were very skeptical on, almost got cut from WWE. And then he kind of uh, found his way and became the biggest star they had for 10 years. Yeah. There's a lot they can do with this. It's very exciting. So with Finn Balor coming out, what do you guys think is going to happen? Do you think they face each other before SummerSlam and we still have SummerSlam like Cena and Reigns? Do you think it'll be a triple threat? What, where do you guys think this is going? Because that was a pretty interesting swerve, in my opinion. When that music hit, I was like, oh, wait, what? You know, so. So Cena maybe does have limitations on the amount of wrestling he can do. And maybe he's going to be in more an ambassador role just to get the crowd pumped. Uh, in these appearances leading up to that, not really wrestle so much. I could see them putting Finn in there for that reason. And also maybe if Cena's this over, we, we talked about this all along, that Cena needs to lose to Roman because that's part of Roman's ascent. And next is The Rock. The Rock is like the final boss of professional wrestling, of uh, wrestling personalities alive, right? I mean, that like Roman can beat and people will be like, holy shit, like this guy is now legend. Um, I mean, I feel like he needs to go over Cena, but I almost wonder if they're going to try and prolong that by having Finn take the pin if it's a triple threat at SummerSlam. Well, it's not a wrestling thing because John Cena wrestled the dark match tonight. Yeah, but not like, I'm sure it's nothing that intense, right? I mean... No, but he's wrestling. Yeah. Hmm. yeah well, let me tell you, uh, Finn Balor, God bless him, is going to get murked by Roman Reigns, I think, weeks before SummerSlam to build yeah. up Roman Reigns for John Cena. I, I would be shocked if they're building up this John Cena versus Roman Reigns Titan clash to give us a bait and switch, even in a triple threat. I think Finn Balor is going to get that ass whooped, and then it's going to be <laughs> Roman Reigns and John Cena are going to be on a collision course. As much but, as I do not like Finn Balor and what he's doing lately. Oh, uh, um, okay, but here's, here's what shocked me. The audience was hot for Finn versus Roman. Now I think oh, yeah. maybe they thought yeah. they were going to get that tonight. And that's where they're like, yeah, like fight, kiss, do something. Like, cause there was that tension when they were facing off. Um, but yeah, I wonder, Hmm. I wonder where this is all going, but that's good though. Right? Like this is a feeling we don't normally have after WWE programming of like, Oh right. my God, I wonder what's going to happen next. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I, I really, really liked it. And Roman, at first, I thought it was funny that Roman laughed at Finn. Like, you? Like, what? You're challenging me? It was a great attitude from him. But, I mean, I really just want to know where it goes. And I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was a nice surprise. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting Roman says no, show goes off the air, and then Cena says something. You know, that's what yeah, I was yeah. expecting. They're throwing a curveball, and I, and I appreciate that. Yeah. So, good show tonight? I yeah, think we so. Are. It's fun. Sports entertainment. Good job Cleveland. Hot show. It's good. Cool. Well, uh, anything else? Should we wrap it up? We good? We can wrap it up. I, I thought this is a lot of fun. Tight 45 minutes. Go check out my interview with Bianca Belair on Forbes. Yes. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a great interview. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm looking forward to checking that. So that's on Forbes, right? Yeah, yeah. She was great. 
Awesome. Looking forward to that. Well, hey, everyone, have a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next year. Uh, back next year, next week. Next on the year. <laughs> Go to Issa's uh, Twitter channel, NYC Demon Diva, that Steve with the one. Watch her reaction to that Roman promo tonight. Uh, <laughs> Alfred's at This Is Nasty. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Give us all a follow. Smash that like button. Like, comment, subscribe. Leave us a rating and review. Leave us a comment. And uh, yeah, we'll see you back next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care. Okay.